Toby. And I'm Allie. And it's About, about Time for True Crime. Hey. Hi, how are you? Oh, just living the dream. Oh, who's? <laughs> I don't know, not mine. <laughs> but probably a little bit better than your last few days. Yeah, you guys, it's been a fucking week. All right, so I guess I'll jump into my week. Please just do. Just so you can hear. Just off the bat, though, of course, hey, hi, welcome. This is about time for true crime. But Allie and I have some things to share this week because my week was <clears throat> stupid. It was so much. <laughs> I got a voice memo that was like four minutes long. It was eight. Oh, shit. Eight minutes was the bare bones of the voice memo. And, and I'm we, like, did she mean to send this? Was this like a pocket? No. And, I, and she was like, okay, so <laughs> I'm like, oh, damn. So this week I had training and I don't know if any of you mass holes have ever been on the road and had something happen. So Massachusetts roads don't have, I don't know, shoulders or decent curbs or decent drivers or polite people or nice people. Or roads free of potholes or breakdown lanes or people not flipping you off. Yeah. So just... We I'm say just with so much love. Setting the tone, yeah. Uh, fellow mass holes unite. But yes, correct. But we know who we are. Yes. Deep in my bones. I know that. I know that. So... Picture with me. Tuesday morning, I have a training that is far away. It's like an hour and a half away Tuesday. Mm. Um, I get on my little way. I go stop for coffee, come out of the coffee place, go to turn on my car. And guess what? What? She don't turn on. <laughs> so I'm like, fuck. All right. I guess I'll call for a jump. Like I tried to have somebody jump but you know what i mean when it's in the morning everybody's in a rush nobody wants to stop and like connect cables to your car even though i have them thank you Um, (laughs) (laughs) and so i was waiting i waited for no like i shit you not two hours even though my wait time was like whatever up to 60 minutes like up to 60 minutes my ass seriously they left after 60 minutes (laughs) yes and they claimed it was snow. And I don't I don't know if any of you are regional here. It was so warm. It was a spring fucking day, which it gives felt like me it. anxiety in a different way. But like it was not snow. Okay. No, it was not snow. It was actually pretty warm here in New England. All of the snow was melting, which, by the way, was why my socks were wet and making me very cranky. But that, that'll do it. That alone. We continue. A 20 year old in like a fucking animated cartoon shirt rolls up in his mom's minivan i have no issues with any of these on their own but he was my car help somehow so he came up with his little device and he did his little wiry things to my fucking car and he tried to jump it and he did great and then he comes over he like goes to get in his car and don't get me wrong like i can do some good things with my car i'm proficient i'd say but i'm not a a car, specialist not a car girly no not a car girl that's the point of the mask thank you sam um and <laughs> i'm sitting there and he comes running back up and i like roll my window down and he goes hey sorry leave your car running for a few minutes before you go that way like you can recharge and all of that and you won't break down and i said okay so i sat there for five to ten minutes and he took I, off mind you oh, abby, yeah. abby also called for a tow and they sent this guy in a yeah, van <laughs> they sent me minivan 20 year old probably his name was like jared and he was 
in like, like a home Rick, for Christmas and he break. was wearing like a Rick and Morty t-shirt that that's it Are you serious? I could not remember the name Rick and Morty for the fucking life of me that is exactly the t-shirt he was wearing and that is why I'm here thank yes, you yes it is thank you so <laughs> he rolls out and I'm like okay great give it a few and I go to leave now keep in mind it's a fucking spring day so my window's down and then I get not 400 feet and my car stops moving and then it starts raining. <laughs> and no, at least it didn't do that. But it wasn't far off because I was in like, I don't know how to explain this intersection to you. So I wasn't in the middle of it. I was on the line like waiting at a red light. But it was one lane going forward, a left turn only, and like a separated right turn. So like when you go to turn out, there's like a little median between the straight and the right turn. So I have my blinkers, like my hazards on. Uh, whether or not that's working, I don't fucking know. My car has no power. So I'm just sitting there and everybody's pissed. But my window's down. Oh, I can't roll that up because it's electric. And what do I have? No electricity. So I'm trying to like wave people around with my little hand outside the window. And I'm getting honked at. I'm getting flipped off. I'm like ready to scream cry in the (laughs) middle of this fucking intersection. And this is the beginning of my day. Yeah, it gets worse from here. So luckily, we did have like a friendly officer come around. And I do have to say the place that I went for the mechanic experience, the tow that I actually got that I just I said, fuck it with my insurance because I couldn't deal with them anymore. They were pissing me off. And yes, I did try. But after 15 minutes of not being like connected, I was like, "Mm, that's not even the wait time for the tow to get here. So I just called this place. They were amazing. They were great. I honestly would drive back there every fucking time. Like, yes, that was the positive there. Get my car there. Lift myself this fucking drive to this training. L-Y-F-T. L-Y-F-T. Not like fucking. (laughs) I I lift myself up from my bootstraps and I get there. (laughs) No, I like ride share. I'm with this guy named Freddie. Bless up, Freddie. There's a Spanish version of Return of the Mac on the radio um never thought i needed it but i certainly did good we get there it's what picture day so i have to do like (laughs) a picture which is so fucking annoying um and then on top of all of that we get done like two hours early at the training and i have to have a ride now because i have what no car so i was like oh okay well i gotta gotta get um i gotta get my ride here then thank you for letting me know uh two minutes in advance that we'll be done hours early thank you yes um and while i was saying that the leader of this training was like oh my gosh i live right by you like I can drop you off. This is totally fine. I was like, well, listen, if you're willing, that's amazing. Like, I'll take you up on it. But if not, don't like, don't go out of your way, you know? And so she's like, no, no, I totally could. And then she looks at this other guy in the training who I do not know. <laughs> we're, we're not friends. We've never met. Actually, we're friends now, but we had never met. <laughs> um, and she goes, oh, actually, you know what? He's going right where you are. And, then and that she was, was like, she was like, can you ride with him? And I was like, he didn't fucking offer. Like, I'm not going <laughs> to hitch myself to the back of his car and hope he doesn't look and yet (laughs) and yet he goes no I can do that we have to get my wife first but like sure and so I'm sitting there thinking in my little true crime girly brain I'm like well this is how I die but I don't really have an option unless I want to stay in this abandoned like well now abandoned building abandoned 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 
<laughs> Unless I wanted to stay there for an hour and a half past close- closing, where I didn't have any way to like get somewhere else to wait for a ride. So I was like, sure, fuck it, why not? So we don't like, condone this. No, this we is don't. Like, <laughs> we don't encourage this. You know that TLC show, What Not to Wear? This is what not to do. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and Stacey and Clinton can come for my ass. Like, honestly, <laughs> they should. So I get in this car. And we're driving and he's like, oh, yeah, like my my wife works in Boston. I don't know if you've ever been to fucking Boston in rush hour traffic, but that's where we were going. If you haven't been to Boston in rush hour traffic and you ever get the opportunity. Don't take it. I wouldn't recommend it. I wouldn't <laughs> recommend it. However, I feel like it's something that everyone should have to experience once because then I think you will appreciate every other drive you take yes yeah actually you know it will make you significantly more grateful for normal driving because unless you know the city it is such a difficult city to navigate if you take a wrong turn in boston go home just go home forget it i try okay this is not the same story but i did once try to go to a museum in boston and i missed the turn into the fucking parking lot and it was another 50 minutes to get back to the parking lot but you didn't do that again no and i didn't go i went home um, <laughs> oh, no. i said that is as long as it will take me to get home fuck this oh no um okay anyway. anyway sorry so you're in the car so i'm in the car with my my stranger now friend we're talking about everything bless up he was actually a great dude we are friends now um met his wife she's super nice then had to drive all the way back in rush hour from boston <laughs> and when i got back I exit the car and like it's an apartment complex, right? So there's multiple buildings. It's not just one. Um, and they let me out at the wrong one. And that's totally fine. I was just grateful to like be there and be alive, period. Mm. I get no more than like five steps away from the entrance into the apartment building. And then I hear this tiny little like terrifying, help me. <laughs> and I, It's like coming from a sewer grate. <laughs> yes. And I sh- like... I'm pretty sure I shit my pants. Like in that moment, I've never heard such a harrowing little help me, but it was awful. It was bad. So I turn around because of course I'm going to turn around. And there's this tiny little old lady hobbling down like the pavement. Sweetie. I've never seen before. And she's got this walker in her hand. And I'm like, okay, so she needs help walking. Got it. Easy peasy. I I got her. I'll go. Mm. Nope, she just needed me to hold the walker because she did, in fact, need help walking, but she had a broken arm, so she couldn't carry the walker. Oh. So I said, okay, I got you. And she's like, well, we, I just have to, I have to make it around that snow bend. And I was like, oh, yeah, I got you. Like, I already, yes, I committed yeah. to the bit. Of course I'm going to help. And so she's like, well, you, um, I hate to ask, um, would you bring it to my door? Like, there's no stairs. And I was like, yeah, of course, whatever whatever so i bring it to the door she opens the door this teeny tiny little dog runs out and i was like hi of course like you have to say hi to the dog naturally so we're hanging we're chilling and she's like you're so nice um i have to get you something i have to get you something so i step right in the doorway like the door's open ma'am door is open i'm right there saying hi to the dog she will not let me leave without giving me something i don't know what it is but i'm like you don't have to get me anything don't like don't worry about it i'm just helping well, she comes out with a whistle and she goes, well, there are coyotes here. So you use this for protection. It'll keep you safe from the coyotes, but never blow it because it'll blow out your eardrums. Oh, God, <laughs> I forgot about that part. And I was like, 
Oh, can okay, I have um, that? Okay, thanks. Yeah, it's actually in my bag right now. Okay, thank you. <laughs> but I was like, oh, um, okay, thank you. <laughs> and she goes, um, and also, I have one other question. <laughs> and I was like, fuck, okay, what? And she was like, well, my dog seems to like you, and she seems just kind of sad. Would you take her out? <laughs> oh, no. And I did. <laughs> <laughs> she she got back inside she's like counting her hundreds she's like dumbass literally <laughs> got literally. her to walk my dog i just gave her the stupid whistle i know <laughs> and i was like yeah why not like i'm not gonna leave a little old lady and her dog in need of, of course help. not but like but the number of times you could have been killed that day and i oh oh and i'd be stuck doing this shit alone wait hold on the best part of all of this is when she was going to get the like gift for me mm-hmm. right before she's like, you're a really nice person. And I was like, I, thank you. Like, I'm sorry. She, she's like, it's a shame. I have to kill you. Now. No, no, wait. She's like, you're a really nice person. I was like, oh, whatever. Thank you. I just wanted to help. And she was like, we're going to meet each other in heaven one day. And I was like, oh, I, I hope so. Thanks. Oh, and she goes, shit. no, I know so. And then she goes and gets this thing. And I'm like, I'm going to die. <laughs> This little fucking old lady who needed help with a help me. I'm gonna die. Oh no, it was a ruse. Well, I'm here. So, bless up. Can't recommend anything I did that day other than walking the dog. That was actually the best move I made. But um, The lady sounds very sweet. She does. She seems very lonely, which is sad, but I'm but glad that she glad was Glad that you safe. were there to help her with her hurt arm and... She needed help walking the dog, <laughs> so I'm glad that you and the dog got some steps in, me and then you finally got to go home, and then Abby calls me, and she's like, what the fuck? And then I get a <laughs> voice memo, and I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> so anyway, that was one day of my week this week. How are you guys doing? <laughs> Let us know in the comments. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, but you can, seriously, but you can if you want to. What in the hell? <laughs> If your week has rivaled this, please tell me. Like, this was so entertaining for me to go through. And keep in mind, it was one of the longest weeks of my life. I would love to start doing a segment on the pod where we read out some of the emails we get. Because some of them are really sweet and also really funny. And I would love some, like, stories from you guys. So email us about time for TC. A-B-O-U-T-T-I-M-E, numeric4tc at gmail.com. And hey, you guys, if you don't want it shared, let us know. Yeah. If you do, like, you can let us know, but we just want to make sure we're respecting your privacy. So if you don't want it, make sure to tell us. Yeah, we're not going to say it if you don't want it. But um, I would love to do that because honestly, I'm so grateful that there aren't more days like this, but there aren't that many days like that for me, Um, which, wow, just what, wow, what a life. What a time. And it would only happen to Apple Dabbleson. That it would. Um, so that's where we're starting this week. Well, I'm excited. But I do have a pretty good case for us today, too. I'm even more excited. I have Ooh. no idea what we're talking about. Are you going to tell me? I am. All right. So are we ready? Are we going to get into it? I think we're ready. So skippers, you guys had a lot to skip. Stop skipping, though. Yeah. Stop skipping. It's pod time. Pod's on. Pod's on. Yoo-hoo. <laughs> All right. Well, um, hi. Hello. Welcome and welcome back to your favorite podcast about time for true crime. You guys shouldn't have. You're We're so sweet. Blushing. Oh, 
Uh, here's a fun reminder to follow, review, rate, and keep up with us wherever you keep up. Uh, whether that is Spotify, Apple Podcasts, RSS, just give it a go so you never miss a cute little true crime update. And also don't forget our Instagram. It's always linked down below. I do, as always, just want to give you guys a little snippet of the sources for my case really quick. Just a shout out to my partner, Sam, for telling me about it. My sources today do include a lot directly from our offender, as well as CBS, CNN, Valley Record, Kiro 7 News, the Seattle Times, Seattle PI, a lot of things from Washington, but they're always linked below every single time. If you don't see the like link, if you don't see the links to the sources themselves, you'll see a little hyperlinked sources word, and that will take you to a Google Doc that has all of them on there. I used to do numbers, but I'm finding that oftentimes if I'm getting past the character count in the actual URLs, I'm getting past it with the numbers too. So I've just decided to go to Google Docs, but you'll be able to see them. We always have our sources lifted, lifted. We always have our sources listed, even if we don't announce them all. Yeah. No, and there's always more than what we say, but I'm just yes. giving you guys the rundown. And also, I know it's comforting for me as a listener when people tell me because I'm like, oh, you're actually going to news sources for this. That's nice. Instead of like the one blog written by a 12 year old at 3 a.m., which is a great place to start. It's just a bad place to stop. <laughs> yes. Now, I do also just want to issue a few quick trigger warnings for today because we are talking about arson, murder, obviously, some severe mental illness, and suicide. So protect your hearts. If you need to move on, move on. That's okay. Okay. But today we're talking about one of my favorite topics. Okay. The internet. All right. The good, the bad, the stupid, the funny, the ugly, the way too cute, and the way too cute to be real. Yes. <laughs> All of it. The internet is wild. It was an innovation that totally changed the way that we interact. Not only has it become an invaluable tool for work in businesses, professional life, sharing research and evidence, but the internet has also become one of the main avenues that we as people use to connect and communicate and get in touch with each other. Yeah, you guys wouldn't be hearing this right now if not for the internet. Exactly. So thank you to Mr. Apple or Microsoft or Bing or whoever came up with all that stuff. I'm not giving Mark Zuckerberg that credit, but yeah. anyone else can take it. Robots don't need credit. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> now, I love the way the internet has created mass cultural movements that otherwise wouldn't happen. They give insight to the way that other people and cultures live. It connects us in a way that has never happened before. Hell, memes are like inside jokes for an entire generation. Exactly. If you have ever tried to explain a meta meme to your parents, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. It is insanity. <laughs> it's like, no, this is funny because it's referencing that meme from this one time that was referencing that hide your kids, hide your what? <laughs> like, <laughs> there's so many layers and so many of them now, and it's beautiful. But it's really like an inside joke just for people our age who have grown up and in those niche little corners. So right. it's pretty cool. But something within the internet that I wanted to talk about that specifically relates to today's case is like YouTube, right? Mm. YouTube is, I'm sure you all know, but just a platform of little videos that anyone can put up from seconds long to hours long. And it's on everything. It What's YouTube? I've never... <laughs> <laughs> you, 
You too? That band that Apple forced on all of us that one yeah, year? That I think tanked U2's sales for like decades, probably decades to come because no one, everyone was pissed. Rest in power, U2. But sorry, but that was a dick move. It was. It was. Stone cold. Okay. Now, on YouTube, there's all sorts of things, but I want to talk about vloggers today. Oh, vloggers. Vloggers, much like bloggers, are the video vloggers of their time. So they will show anything from things they're interested in to tips and tricks on the best makeup to daily life situations. and just how to cook this meal to this is where we're driving. Right. Well, and it's become so big that there's even things like Vlogmas, where people try to vlog every day for the month of December leading up to Christmas. Which sounds exhausting. It sounds awful. All of that editing. Mm. They are stronger than I. Now, vloggers usually, like I said, talk about something fun, something that they like. But we haven't seen a lot of vlogs on crime I mean, only the dumb ones if you want to get caught. Exactly. Because most of them don't want to get caught. Correct. But, I mean, we also normally don't get as much intimacy into an offender's mind the way we do today. We're going to be intimate. We're going to be intimate with our offender. Yeah. Less cute. Well. So that's where I want to pick up because we're not just talking about murder. We're not just talking about vlogging. We're going to be talking about a vlogger who vlogged their entire way, not just through murder, but familiacide. Ugh. So today we're going to hop into the Keller family. Okay. Specifically, we're going to travel to Washington in 2012. I've never been to Washington. Me either, but I really want to go. Really, really, really want to go. Very bad. I really like the... This is the nerdiest thing I've probably ever said. I I bet. (laughs) love the plants and the ecology of the Pacific Northwest. They're fascinating to me. Anyway. Ellie is laughing at me quietly, but (laughs) you don't have to be quiet. I'll laugh at it, too. No, I want to go. I mean, we could go to like a botanical garden or two, but then I also want to do other things. Yeah. When I went to Alaska with my roommate, I was like, why are the trees so skinny? They're so skinny. And I was that's what I cared about. Wait till we go to Florida. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Now. It's 2012 in North Bend, a suburb of Seattle, Washington. That's where we're zooming in. Okay. In 2012, if we want just like a little reminder, somebody that I used to know by Gautier, Starships by Nicki Minaj slash Nicki Minjaj, mm-hmm. and <laughs> Call Me Maybe by Carly Rae Jepsen were fucking blasting everywhere all the time always, probably in that Charlotte Russe that you were in looking at those fun printed flower jeans. Don't call me out like that. <laughs> <laughs> I feel seen, but also attacked. Other cultural highlights from the USA at the time were Hurricane Sandy. It Mm. was an election year that resulted in Barack Obama being reelected over his opponent, Mitt Romney. Sandy Hook happened, which was a shooting in an elementary school in Connecticut. And on a more positive and funny note, this was also the year that a bunch of people thought we were going to die since it was when the Mayan calendar ended. Correct. 2012 was a fucking ride. And we made it. And look how great it is. Why would you say that to me right now? (laughs) Aren't you glad? But today we're talking all things Keller. So let's meet our family. Let's meet them. Peter Keller, born in 1967, met his wife Lynette Keller, born in 1971, in high school. 
they met and immediately Peter was smitten. He mm. was like, oh, yes. So into it. And Lynette was like, mm, I don't know. Ooh. I don't know. And it seems like they're quite far apart in age as far as high school goes. I think they had one year of overlap. So it took a little bit of time for them to reconnect. But once they did, they clicked so fast. Mm. They became best friends. They got to know each other. And Lynette says that she talked to her sister about it because like a month into dating, Peter was like, marry me. Like, let's get married. Come on. I, like, I want to get like, you're the one I want to get married to you. Marry me. Mm. And she was like, no, stop. Like, it's been a month. Like, no. <laughs> and she talks to her sister and her sister's like, don't. Don't let the opportunity go by. Like, you love him. You love this. Hear him out. So he keeps asking. And finally, one day, a magical three months into their relationship, she says yes. He's like, yes, I wore her down. Yep. He proposed. And she was like, I said yes. And I I put the ring on my hand. I was just so excited. Like, it was him, you know? Yeah. Which is very cute. That being said... Lynette and Peter got married and settled into a little home in North Bend, Washington. Classic kind of suburbia life for the 2012s, right? Mm. Or the 2010s. And eventually the two had a daughter, sweet Kayleen Keller. Kayleen was born in 1994. And somewhere in here, though it's uncertain where, Lynette actually had become incredibly sick. The mm. mom. Mm. And I'm I'm not sure what was going on. It seemed quite physical. So I know that she could do some part-time work, but for the most part, she wasn't able to work. So she stayed home and to sort of supplement some of her income, she did a bunch of YouTube videos on her scrapbooking and paper crafts and like she'd review little, "Mm, these are our paper flowers and this is the new little template thing that came out that we're all super into. And here's how I did this. If I were my age now in 2012, that's what I'd be watching. Yes. <laughs> Same. <sighs> but my what old age. I think was super cute is she had all sorts of things in these videos. She doted on Peter. She would always talk about how sweet he was and that he like spoiled her because he he supported a lot of her business endeavors, too. So he'd be like, oh, I saw this cute little ribbon and it made me think of you. So here you go. Like you can use it for your crafts and stuff like that. Because he was the primary breadwinner, he had the most access and availability for, I guess, expendable income. Mm -hmm. So it was really sweet. Also in these videos, you can hear their adorable little dog, Dino. It's not Dino? No, it's D-E... Well, I don't know how it's spelled, but she calls him Dino. Okay. So I'm taking him. And he's so cute. He's like this little black dog, and he's just like... A rambunctious itty bitty puppy the way you think he is i want to snuggle him right so peter did like using the video camera he also filmed himself he would go hiking all the time and he worked at like i think an electronics fixing company he did a lot of maintenance and upkeep for things but i think he was the specialist like oh this is broken okay go to peter Okay, so they both used the equipment that they had. They both filmed. Okay. Yeah, and so did their daughter, Kayleen, actually. Kayleen also... What a pretty name. I know, it's so cute. I've never heard that before. I think that's beautiful. I've had friends that were Kayleens, but never Kayleens. I like that. I think it's very unique. I think Kayleen Keller has a really good ring to it. Like, it's a good name. But she was, at least in 2012, she had just graduated high school 
and she was about to start her little life at Bellevue College. She loved the arts and videography and nature. And so she wanted to combine all of these in her career as a video game designer. Which oh, that's cool. I think is a really cool way to combine all of those loves and talents that she has. And a combination of both of her parents' sort of interests. Right, exactly. Like the creative side with the hands-on. Yes, and the nature te- techie stuff. stuff. Yeah. It's like the perfect combination. Oh. And by the way, Kayleen is the perfect mix of her parents. Lynette has this beautiful... I'm not sure if she is... Latina or she just has sort of like a darker complexion and darker features but it it's beautiful like her hair is curly kind of wavy she's got like this, dark hair yeah Ugh, yes when I think of like ideal um Latinx rom-com leads she's who I'd think of I can picture it yes and then Kayleen so Peter was I'm going to say this in the nicest way. This is not meant to be a dig. He was just kind of an average looking white man. Yeah. Yeah. For Seattle. And Kayleen is this beautiful mix of the two of them. She's got a little bit fairer skin and really dark features like her mom does. But if I remember right, she has her dad's eyes and it's like insane. It's very cool. Oh, yeah. To be kind of like split in half like you have both. Yes. So she has... The pick of the litter in terms of like the genetic pool. She really Yeah, she won the genetics game. Yes. Now, she also had a very sweet boyfriend, Carson, who she'd been dating for like a year at this point in time, which, um, hello, for 18, 19 year old time, that is forever. Forever. Her parents got married in three months. I know. (laughs) She's like, I'm waiting three times as long, four times as long. Mm -hmm. So when he proposes, you can't say shit. (laughs) But unfortunately, this is really all we know of the family. Before 911 got called on April 22nd, 2012, when neighbors heard a pop and then saw that the Keller household was on fire. Oh. So they called, obviously, right away. They were like, um, hello, our neighbor's house is burning. Which, A, nobody wants it to be theirs next. And B, this is the sweetest little family you could ever hear of yeah you'd hope you'd have neighbors that would see something wrong and immediately call to get you help yes so they came in pretty fast which was awesome if it wasn't for the response time of these neighbors this could have been significantly worse now in 2012 when this happened peter would have been 45 lynette would have been 41 and kayleen 18 but they knew something was wrong they just had no idea to what extent When the police got there and the fire department, first responders probably is just Mm -hmm. what I'll say, they did the whole thing. They doused the fire best they could. And then you try to get in the house to make sure that you have everything done and everybody's saved, right? Mm -hmm. So luckily, they were able to douse the house pretty fast. But when it came to entering the home, it was really hard because in front of the door, there was a ton of really heavy things stacked. Oh, and then when they got in, they saw not only a gas tank being heated on the stove in like a skillet, a but gas a tank? bunch of gas tanks all around. OK, so they were like, mm, seems a bit like arson. And there was also a shitload of ammunition and there was even like a homemade bomb of some kind. Oh, which is just 
freaky. You know, it's what I strange. Mean? This does not seem to add up with this family from the outside. No, and as they get in, they're like, okay, so literally if we had been here minutes later that homemade bomb could have exploded from the heat and everything so their lives were at risk wow and they were stressed out because obviously they have to find the family members yeah so they go in further and they did in fact find some of the family in the fire unfortunately what they found was 18 year old kayleen and 41 year old lynette had been shot in the head and laid dead in their beds Oh, that's terrible. Entirely untouched by the fire. Oh, that's awful. And in a way, there's a part of me that's glad that it wasn't by fire. It seems like the way they went was pretty peaceful and quick. I mean, comparatively, I guess. How? Just fucking awful. And now they can't find Peter. They have no idea where he is. And so they're asking around because, A, first of all, it's concerning. And B, if he's not a victim in this fire, then he's probably one that said it because it's very obviously set. This was not, I left the Christmas tree on for too long and I forgot to water it. Right. So the other thing I want to say here, and this is just a quick little trigger warning that's very sad. Dino also perished in the fire. Mm. Which breaks my little heart (laughs) god damn it so this set off an investigation to find peter keller pretty much from the start at first king county police department looked into peter's work and they obviously went over and they're like hey uh anything weird of note lately and his coworkers were like oh yeah yesterday when he left he said he had to go and that he might be back in the morning or next week or never and then he laughed and left Yeah, I don't like that. No, but his station wasn't cleared off. So it's not like he packed stuff up and left. He didn't fire. He didn't put in his notice. But it's a strange thing to say. Well, and like we always try to do, right? We try to put ourselves in the position of every single person we talk about. And we don't always maybe like dive into it and talk about all of it. But that's kind of where our heart is. And if if we look at these like colleagues, they might have been like, well, that was kind of strange. But it isn't really strange until you fill in the backstory like right. that that comment might have been like oh yeah but who- like yeah it's been a shit day we hear you bud yeah maybe maybe you'll see me tomorrow maybe not maybe i'll call in sick you know right. like <laughs> i'm coming down with something right i mean is that out of the ordinary for people to say no no but when you find out that his home was set ablaze and his family is dead that statement is so much more haunting and so there's all of these things that i feel like People have these interactions and they put the the pieces together afterwards. Yeah. Of how sinister and odd it was that that was said. But if you don't know that at the time and it's not your fault for not picking up on that, but the guilt that people feel. Oh, my gosh. It's insane. And I hope that none of them feel any guilt. That comment as elusive or as mysterious or anything that it could have been was not an immediate red flag to I'm going to go kill my family and or die and or you know what I mean right to me as someone with co-workers who have shitty days to me it says ah fuck this place I gotta go home for a bit yeah and like, every <laughs> and everyone's gonna you know oh maybe maybe you'll see me tomorrow maybe not maybe I won't come in right, maybe and, I'll win the lottery bye like, yeah right <laughs> yeah and if I win the lottery you won't see me again you yes. know what I mean that kind of thing so but it was helpful because yes the police were able to a plan 
The police were able to sort of start to connect some sort of premeditation here that he might have known something was going on. Damn it, Peter. And then they find his car. And the car was in essentially, from what I can understand, like a strip mall setting. Okay. But it was abandoned. There was nothing in it other than the keys. And Peter was nowhere to be found. Hmm. Now, I don't know if he parked far enough away that he wouldn't have been on security cameras or if this was before they were literally every square meter that you could go. But nobody had any idea where he went. It was just this empty car. And so at the same time, sort of simultaneously, while some of these officers are talking to coworkers, some of them have found the car, they're also looking in the home now that it's safe to enter and investigate further. Mm-hmm. And it seems that more than anything, because Lynette and Kayleen and Dino had already died, that the fire might have actually been meant to cover something else up. Hmm. Because did the did the fire kill the dog or was the dog also shot? That was never told to me. I mean, if they're specifying gunshot wounds, they probably would have said the dog. So if yes, we're, it's my which assumption is, is the fire, which is you know, if you're gonna, don't hurt your family. Period. Don't hurt your family. Yes. If you're going to run away, um, don't hurt the fucking dog or take the dog with you. The dog did not do anything to deserve that, and the dog is not capable of preserving himself past that. Right, but also just the idea that little guy if you're going to assassinate a family the fire is set to cover up that thing yes unless you're trying to destroy all the valuables in the home in the process anyway right it just seems like an odd thing very strange so one of the things that they found in the keller home in this investigation was the video cameras and a bunch of different drives which makes sense. All of them used these. They were vloggers. They were vloggers. They were a family of YouTubers. So, Aw, you Lynette, try to do the New England. Oh. I had enough of a day in mass. I feel like I can finally. <laughs> but they, they were. They all loved the electronics. They were all proficient with them. It was cool to see a family sort of that together in the wave of the technology boom, especially in that time. That was like right, what is that, iPhone third generation or something Probably. like that. Things are just starting to get more portable and mm-hmm. tiny and accessible from your hands and not just the desktop at home. Yeah. But all of that to say, the police sift through hours of videos. And most of them, it's like Kayleen doing different angles of her dad and being like, whoa. And he's like, what are you doing? Come on. You know, being a kid. Yeah, like with sweet home videos that in the wake of a double murder, is really, really freaky. Yep. And it would have been wholesome a month ago. Right. Or like Lynette's scrapbooking of like, oh, my sweet husband, he's over in the other room doing, you know, whatever. Not so sweet. Playing with the dogs. And he's just so, he's so good to me. He's so nice. And there's what breaks my heart. There's this little video of Lynette doing her scrapbooking and sort of talking about them meeting. And she goes, you know, most people like, when you get to that part of your vows that are in sickness and in health and like things get hard, they run. But not not Peter. And that makes me so sad. It is very sad. But sometimes I find with people that have 
this large online presence and i'm not saying i don't know if she had a large presence but people who document and spend so much of their lives online sort of on display they try so hard to portray their relationship as something that it isn't because it's yeah it's so much more favorable to be a perfect couple than it is to be a real one yeah and i i hear that i think that she was really in the dark though so she believed all of that, you think? I do. Okay. Just looking through it and even looking in the home videos and the way he would interact with them, there was nothing off. Hmm. He was, I mean, granted, it's on video. I don't know what happened behind closed doors or closed camera lenses for that matter. But right. even the things where Kayleen was videoing and then he noticed and was like, hey, what are you doing? Like, it all sounded fun mm-hmm. and kind. And Genuine. Yeah. I don't know. None of it seemed to me like, haha, hey, turn turn off the, ca- hey, like, right. There was no undertone of do it, do it yeah. now. So I think that she was pretty taken aback with this. But in the midst of all of these videos, they found a drive that had just Peter on it. Peter. And you know how I said earlier that Peter liked to take little videos of himself hiking and he liked to go outdoors. Which, Peter. by the way, most of which had Dino in them. So I'm like, take take fucking Dino with you. But anyway, um, I'm really upset about I'm upset about all of the loss. But there's something about me that's just animals are so defenseless. I, yeah, They're couldn't agree so more. defenseless. And that's not to say that you know, Dino's life matters more or less than anyone else's in that family. But it just really hurts me when you try to hurt someone that can do nothing about it. Yeah. Anyway. Well, he did. And a lot of those videos were him making a lifelong dream come to fruition. Okay. Camp Keller. Camp Keller was this dream that Peter had ever since he was a teenager of living off grid alone in the woods. And he had just now gotten to a point in his career and his finances that he was financially stable enough to make it happen. Like he could pour money into this as a project. Mm -hmm. And so he spent thousands of dollars on this. Without telling Lynette, I'm sure. Yeah, I doubt that this was a part of their budgeting conversations if they had those. Mm. Personally, that's my, my take on it. But that also speaks to, you know... If she is trying to supplement their income and he's keeping her out of yes what he's making and everything like that, she might not be privy to the financial decisions that he's making and she's just sort of adding her earnings to the pot without right. knowing what was already in there. Exactly. And so this vlog drive with the vlog on it has Peter talking about this dream and just working on it. The whole thing is him hiking up to the place. And to be fair, there's no trail. He says there is, but he covers it with like plants and leaves and ferns. So So no one else can find the trail. Yep. So it doesn't look like a trail. And then he gets there. And to be fair, okay, I did watch like a couple of videos on this. It's so funny because at one point they're like, look at this mat, like incredible site that he built. And you can't see shit. It, it just looks like woods. And you're like, wow, incredible. Wow. wow. What a compound. That being said, it only had a teeny tiny bit that stuck up from above ground. This was primarily underground. 
that's even weirder yes it's like very doomsday preppy he had yeah it doesn't seem like oh we're camping and i want to see it like can i last a week by myself right no. right this isn't like it's, i'm gonna take a crack at naked and afraid it's not that <laughs> yeah this is like uh, looming He's clothed a, and uh, confident okay <laughs> <laughs> you've heard of naked and afraid but have you heard of yeah so uh, it seems apocalypsy it is. And I, to be fair, this was. <laughs> How apocalyptic? A couple of. A copalipsy? <laughs> what the fuck? A cockalippy? What? <laughs> oh, um, no. And I've had coffee today, ladies and gents, believe it or not. So Me too, and my meds. My <laughs> apologies. But it does seem, yeah, it does seem doomsday and like he's going to have rations. Yes. And to be fair, it's 2012. I think there was a little subsect of people doing this anyway. But this Peter, is to an extreme. Peter. And all these vlogs, I mean, it's really just him building this camp. Or, I I guess, bunker. Yeah. If and, we want to put a word to it. And he's, I mean, does his family know that he's vlogging too? I'm not sure. Because it seems like his daughter likes to do it and his wife likes to do it. And maybe he was like, yeah, you, you girls and your things. And then he's like, give me that fucking camera. Yes. And he's like, I'm going for a walk. <laughs> I'm going for a walk in the woods with Dino for boy time. You know, it just seems. Yeah. Odd. And now the roof barely stuck up above the ground. It did. But he covered it with a tarp and then he covered the tarp in plants. So really, if you're not looking for it, it's incredibly easy to miss. You just step on it and fall through it. Yep. Yeah. No, I wouldn't be surprised. Ruin his day. Ugh. I wish I could. So in this time, though, he talks about the fact that whenever he goes up, he goes up for like nine hours at a time. And he just works and he'll video himself working and whatever he's thinking about. Hmm. He talks about the fact that over the months that he worked on it, he would lug up 40 to 50 pounds of supplies every time he came up. Somehow he literally lugged up an entire generator up a fucking mountain. He was like, like Dino, in- go. Yeah, literally. They were in Washington. So let's make no Midwest mistake here that this mountain was like 30 feet high. It's a Washington mountain. Like it's yeah. a mountain range. So... He's doing the work. Like, he's got to be pretty physically fit. Yeah. to At least to a degree. He even made himself, like, a homemade, um, what do you call that? Like, a wood stove. Yeah. Except it wasn't what we think of as a wood stove. It was sort of a jerry-rigged old trash can that was steel that he cut out all the holes for and could cook on top of. Okay. So, he got pretty fucking creative with it. Hmm. Also, in his little space, he stocked this thing. He had tons of vodka, pine sole. Only the essentials. Gasoline, uh, a stash of non-perishable food and clothing that were all in like double garbage bags to protect them from the elements. So he has vodka next to his, vodka and gasoline next to his fucking makeshift stove. Yep. And pine sole. So nice. he can clean it. Good. That's nice. good. Good, good, good. Good guy. Sounds quite flammable, mm. if you ask me. Yeah. Same. Yeah. You know what else he had, though, in there was like, uh, including in the clothing. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? He did have like a bulletproof vest, I'm sure, to like play FBI and a gas mask, probably for the same thing, like playing soldiers and your time off. Who hurt him? Um, I don't care. So <laughs> what what Tumblr thread did he find oh, in 2012? Truly, it was a deep rabbit hole on the good old tea. Wow. So 
another thing to keep in mind here is I'm going to say some quotes from him. And these are all from him because some of these videos are released. Like, I'm sure not all of them, but there is a good portion of these vlogs that Mm -hmm. have been put on YouTube, put out in the news as all of this came out. And so Peter had said he spent at least thousands of dollars on the supplies to make the camp and like thousands of more on guns and other other things he needs for them. Okay. Peter also had a little kitchenette in Camp Keller. Cute. Well, and I think there's an element of that where if if that's your belief and something you've seen you feel is worthwhile, then it's like do it, I guess. I mean, it's your money. Yeah. Your time and energy, you're not taking that from anybody else. You're not requiring somebody else to obey that. That if you want to obtain those things and and have that for yourself or if it's just like your man cave and you're like want to be one with the woods or thump your chest a little bit yeah, and do it and do that then do that but you you don't have to hurt people in the process in there's fact a, you actually can't you should not you no. yeah there's a way to achieve all of this without hurting anybody truly and also if he wanted to be alone if he didn't want to be with his family there's a way to do that where the pain that you're causing is emotional and temporary and not fatal and forever yeah now, of course, we have all of these videos of him working. And what does a narcissist do in front of a camera but talk about himself? Naturally. He has to. He's so into it. So he talks about his childhood, thinking that he was ugly and nobody liked him and, you know, he never fit in. The guy needed a gym membership and a fucking therapist. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes. That's it. Period. Oh, maybe. Maybe Lexapro. And potentially like a weekend camping trip with some guys. Oh yes, like a like a a, a boys a, weekend. Yeah, like a monthly like, or every other oh, month. Yes, little retreat that they go on. Guys, we can all go to Camp Keller, BYOB. Like that would have been so much better than this shit. And it's like you can have all of the things that you want and be and healthy and functioning and do all of that, and yet didn't have to. Okay, no. Um, so this is where this is where we're at. And this is literally and we'll keep talking about it. But this is all we know about Peter are these vlogs. So he talks about it. He talks about how much he hates his wife and how she's just going to suck out all the money that I have. That's a quote. And she's there like he's he's loves so me sweet and, and he's stuck me. by me while I have this illness that obviously deeply affects her and it's yes. inhibited things. But she is still trying to help and do everything she can yeah she's not i don't know i mean there are different illnesses and so because we don't know what it is and i'm not going to pass judgment on that but she is still trying to contribute and stay positive and be creative and still keep going right keep and including him in that and and encouraging you know their daughter to do like follow what she wants and maintaining the things that she's maintaining that even if that isn't a fiscal right contribution or one that matches his it's when you're married you're a, a contribution team. yeah it's at we least, at least that's how i look at it once you are married to, to me and in our marriage is, is how it would be is that you're a team it's not you yep. and me it's we so my strengths help your strengths yours help mine and i'm not going to take it personally that you're better at certain things than I am because I know I am better at certain things than you and we can use that together What's to the bring point us both of, forward. What, there's no point in being the exact same. No. So, you then know, you're going to like, have different strengths and weaknesses. And it just sounds like this guy 
either had some kind of like breakdown, maybe the stress of it. Maybe he was stressed about the money, why he was pouring thousands on thousands of dollars into this other thing that wasn't going to generate more income. Well, well, right. But like maybe the stress of being the one with the finances on his back got to him. And I can understand that. But then you have a conversation with your wife. Yep. And and you, you come up with a plan to move forward. You don't continually buy gifts and talk about how much, you, you know, I don't know. There are so many things that actions do speak louder than words. You don't need to buy a generator for your hole. You can. Nope. And also. Then don't pour extra money into things that you don't want to support. And I think that's fine. Like it's his earnings. He can do with them as he chooses. But clearly whatever was going on with her was disabling her to sort of live her life in the way that she wants to and normally did. And now I don't I don't say this to be mean like this isn't a judgment I don't know for a fact, but it didn't seem like Lynette had some sort of giant six figure job before this that suddenly threw their life into disarray. And they were still able to maintain. Right. A home and pay for college. Like, and that gives him fucking... 20 hours a week to go hang out in his hole yep i'm just gonna call it a hole because i don't like him i like it i think that's fair so this is what we're looking at and really i cannot find like what you're talking about i i don't know what broke right yeah where in the system something went wrong and he said i'm i'm done i'm out but something did without actually ever saying it to the people that actually could have helped and they could helped or fucking not helped and just lived on their own not mm-hmm. with this man who wants to kill them i think that that's a perfectly fine alternative my thoughts exactly now peter while he's reminiscing and talking about how long he's wanted to do it and how much he just like hates being in society um he says that you know a part of me is having a hard time thinking about doing what i'm gonna do i'm starting to get okay with it though so he didn't feel that bad. Okay. In reference to what he wants to do, which it, you know, some of these things are incredibly cryptic and vague. Other th- things are pretty pointed. Pointed in that he thinks his wife is sucking money from him. Pointed in that he wants to leave and be on his own. Pointed in that the things that Peter wants to do are still pretty apathetic. He'll say things like, it's more comfortable for me to think about living out here, robbing banks and pharmacies and just getting what I want. Then I won't have to worry about Lynette or Kayleen and it'll just be me. What an asshole. Um, and then more vague things like, I don't really feel bad about it. It's just the way it is. I often wonder if what I'm doing is the right thing. And, you know, I think it is. Confirmation bias who? This is weeks like months of planning and prepping and create heat this this was not a split second no this was not like a psychotic break in that he's okay one minute and the next minute he's a homicidal raging asshole Mm -hmm. like this has slowly been creeping in for months and he's just affirming it and probably videotaping it and having a record of it and talking about it out loud is confirming it for himself right it's not these ideas toying around in his mind where his conscience is like butting in like the angel on his shoulder is like hey don't do that he's like announcing it and there's a sense of pride in that and he's yeah this is what i'm and you know what i'm okay with that and he's affirming it 
for himself and also probably there's a bit of it. it's like I said I was going to do it so I'm going to do it you know it there's a record of that there's this there's this tape I said I was going to and this is now I have to follow through and now I've chronicled the ways in which I'm going to do this and so the it's just the final step it isn't the right. beginning of it and so throughout this video we see Peter's apathy grow and grow and grow there's just and I'll say this in some of the videos I watched, they do point to potentially Peter being in a major depressive epi- like episode. Oh, and I don't I don't doubt that. I don't doubt it at all. But I want to make it quite clear that being depressed and having a major depressive episode are not going to make you murder your family. Period. Like that's that's not the same thing. That is not a characteristic of depression as a disease in your brain. Now. The apathy and the inability to sort of care about his well-being or others does definitely point to that for me. Mm-hmm. And it's concerning to see the way that he talks about all of this. He'll say things like, you know, oh, I, I could die. Maybe I'll get through days, maybe weeks, maybe even years. My goal is to make it to 10 years. But the hope is, A, to not care about dying and B, not give up on this project. Okay. So it's like, what pro- is Project fucking Camp Keller? Maybe just don't give up on it and don't kill people. Like, there are very real things you can do here. Well, right. And, you know, I think I hear a lot of true crime podcasts sort of be like, oh, well, he had this diagnosis. So naturally he was, you know, crazy or whatever. And coming from the backgrounds that we have and, yeah. you know, if you're new here and you don't know, Abby and I have a combined decade yeah oh god two decades between education and work yeah um in the criminal justice field and psych and yeah psychology sociology all of the all the different ologies if you um so there's there's a frustrating aspect of it when you hear people talked about like that and somebody who's mentally ill is far more likely to be a victim of a crime than they are to be an offender however you still make your own decisions and you may not be responsible or you're not responsible for your mental illness and that in the fact that you have it you are responsible for what you do with that information and how you move forward and his decision was affirming it not reaching out for help right and committing to literally committing to the the concept of annihilating his family yes uh to be free of any strings Right. Or societal expectations or something like that. And don't get me wrong. I totally understand, like completely almost scary, understand the desire to just go live in the woods and be alone and like (laughs) frolic around the fucking flowers. I get it. I really do. What I don't get, though, is the desire to do that with the added ingredient of this malice and this spite of like, well nobody can even get out here you can have that and it doesn't need to be at anybody else's expense right and i watching this i feel for him i understand that he is there's something going on upstairs that isn't quite working um one of my favorite quotes from one of the officers that worked on this was the dipstick wasn't quite hitting the oil with this one. Oh, and i you know i agree there's something going awry here and I feel for him there but just like Ali said you aren't responsible for the things that happen to you and the trauma that comes your way and your diagnoses but you are absolutely the only one responsible for what you do with that there's just plenty of ways that you can 
understand and know what's going on with you and still decide to properly treat it and sort of mitigate the harm you're going to do to other people. Yeah, and there's and there's a reasons there's a re- there's there's a reasons she there's, says there's a lot of reasons. <laughs> We're also not ignoring the fact that mental health help isn't always ex- the most easily accessible thing. In in right. a way, yes, absolutely, but it is still not an excuse. It's still unfortunately because it, nobody can do it for you, and th- and that's why it's like rather that tough love sort of bold statement of you need to do something about it rather than waiting for somebody else to notice because everybody's in their own shit everybody's in their own head everyone you have to keep track of yourself because you can't do that for somebody else and so was it on his coworkers to make a call after that no was it on somebody like was it always on all of these other people is the responsibility theirs no could it have helped potentially but even so, you know that saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. You can put the water in the horse's freaking mouth. doesn't mean it's going to swallow. You have to want that for yourself. Yeah, you have to want to change and you have to want to not do this. And you have to be fed up enough with where you're at and the harm that you're causing. Because here you me, diagnosis or not, all of our actions impact other people. And they will hurt other people if you're not careful and frankly even when you are it's about how you respond to that and sort of repair and mend those relationships that speaks louder volumes than what's going on but if you can't even acknowledge that there's something to work on you're never going to get there with someone else you can't repair a relationship if you don't even acknowledge where the cracks are right and not hearing any of peter's videos you know after this i'm definitely going to listen but i but i think that it it sounds like he's speaking from a like this is what I'm doing and there's no changing his mind and he's no and it's he's just confirming it and wanting a catalog of how he's doing so and not it's not wanting to change that and not saying like I really shouldn't do this and I wish I had help it's mm, no, I, I think no this is a good plan I I like this plan this is how I'm gonna do it and I want to chronicle this um and uh here we go so we this is step one Well, and what's interesting is it's just chilling hearing about how he talks about it because it's so blatant. It's a matter of fact. It's not he's not getting excited about it. He's just like, yeah, like he's talking about doing his fucking taxes. Like he's like, yeah, you know, I'm not really looking forward to the part that I don't really want to do. But like, it's the right thing to do. Wow. And so one of the things that's fascinating about these tapes, at least to me, is, yeah, sure. We get the insight. We get to hear it. But there's no answers. This doesn't provide us a why. It doesn't provide us the how. He just talks about like, hmm, you know what? This is my plan. I'm going to come live up here and I'm making this thing. Isn't it cool? Like, look at all my fun tools and gadgets. And yeah, no, that's where I'm at. Wow. And so finally, there is a video clip dated not long before the fire where Peter says, It's going to be my last video probably before, until after that. You know, it's about two weeks before I drop out of society and start this project. So he's got like a, like a countdown. Like he's got, he's got the date marked in his calendar. Right. I wonder if there was something symbolic about the date that he chose. I'm curious. I'm, I couldn't find anything on that, but I wouldn't put it past him. The other thing is... Well, it's April 22nd, right? Right. That's Earth Day. Does that matter? Does he hate Mother Earth? 
I don't know. He seems to want to fucking get in her hole. Seems it. Sorry. <laughs> I know. You need it. You need the jokes, but we all do. Um, <laughs> That wasn't a you thing. I, But it's just sad. It's awful. And it's awful to watch knowing that, yeah, okay, we got this, but what does it tell us? It tells us nothing. He just could have had all of it. He could have. Without doing that. That's just so fucking stupid. It's the most frustrating part. It's like, my God, then just fucking run off to the woods. It's all needless, but this wasn't this passionate heat of the moment, you know, a, no pun intended, but like an emotional bomb got dropped on, you know, like this this massive fight and he's heartbroken and and distraught and all of these things and they ganged up on him. And so it was him, him against them. And what could he do? I mean, how do you kill your child that's your child and she was an adult but that is your baby how do you kill a life you created and the woman that you chose to marry? see to me this is the thing i get really caught up in like if you don't want to do it don't do it don't marry someone to kill someone just get divorced or don't marry them those are two very fine options and you were up her ass asking her to marry you for yes. months and, and you're she- like "Ugh, yes please marry me marry me marry me to the point where she was like knock it off for like a, a hot second okay it's been four weeks i don't even know what your summer wardrobe looks like yet and yeah maybe you wear socks and sandals and it's not for me no and maybe your calves are kind of ugly no offense but like <laughs> no i don't i don't think that's it at all but he's the one that was like out here ready for it and then he was like hmm actually uno reverse it's been over 18 years we have a beautiful daughter and a life that we've set up together with a sweet little family with our dog and this house that we love and each other no i think it's time to murder you like what the fuck is that and how can you just talk about it like "Mm, yeah no no i think that it's it's time i i've been struggling with it but i think it's the right choice what the fuck is that absolute madness if you guys and not you but like if you can share this with anyone or if this helps anyone at all if you ever have thoughts like that please seek professional help because there are so many ways to get through that that don't involve doing this and feeling you don't have to do this and feeling helpless and hopeless and backed against a wall is a universal feeling that everyone will feel at one point that's I, I think it's part of the human experience the there's varying degrees of that and how that manifests and what that looks like but ultimately at nobody is 100 percent mentally healthy all the time that's no. impossible and but the world we live in wouldn't be the world we live in if that were the case so asking for help and doing something about it there's no punishment for asking for help before that happens no and it is very difficult to receive adequate help after you've done that i can assure you that you later on your family your friends anyone who might have been hurt in that process will be so fucking grateful that you took the moment to reflect and say "Ooh, this is not like me this is not what i want to do this is not something long term that i'm excited for If I'm doing something heinous to other people or myself because I feel like I have no other option, it's time to seek help and be honest about it. You know, your therapist can't help if they don't know what's going on. That's the other piece. You actually have to participate. And you have to want the help. So anyway, sorry, keep going. Anyway, all of that to say, 
we're going to go back to the investigation here. Because okay. when the police found all of this, they were, I mean, obviously devastated. Like, you have to watch all of this. They had to watch the good, the bad, the ugly. They saw the cute home videos. They saw Lynette doting on her husband. And then minutes later, see her husband talking about what a money suck she is and how he's just never going to make it with her in his life. And that's like emotional whiplash for anyone. Yeah. And then I'm sure watching those videos, you get to know the family. Yes. These are like their family videos. They're, that's an intimate part. You get to see into their day to day, into their home before the fire. Right. You see their interests and the things that they're excited to talk about. And maybe the thing that bothered them that day or whatever it is. I mean, you get this glimpse, a snapshot into what that looked like. And then right. you fast forward to the present and there's two body bags and a house that was set on fire and, and nowhere to be found and a man who seemingly ran away yep and so cindy west she was the public information officer on this case she did do a few interviews that were really fascinating but something that stuck out to me was that she said that this was one that stuck with her and i think Anybody who's in sort of like a social work or a first responder field knows what it's like to have a lot of shitty days at work in the nicest way. Like you're making the best out of some of the worst situations that you're going through that other people are going through and your job is to help. Mm -hmm. And you don't need help for people that are perfect and things that are going great all the time. So that is just a part of your job. And that's fine. A lot of people really like that part of their job. Personally, I really love chaos at an arm's length. I like to be able to clock out of it and then go back the next day mm -hmm. and, you know, sit in my gym jams and not worry about it coming for me, you know? Yeah. But. And you have to be able to uncheck like that. Otherwise, it'll eat you up. You do. But everybody who's in a field like that knows there's a few that stick with you that you just, you can't shake. You can't yep. clock out of. You can't go home and stop thinking about it. You can be watching whatever the fuck you want to watch. Mm -hmm. something funny something sad something that normally gets your mind off of it and it's going to remind you of the worst case that you dealt with or mm -hmm. the worst day you've had in the last year and for Cindy this was one of them she was like I remember it was a weekend because she was going out of town when she got the call and she had to turn around and so she was like all right guess we're you know going to work now like yeah and then this is what you walk in on and she being like the public information officer she wasn't one of the investigators or the detectives but she's responsible for communicating whatever the police are able to communicate to public, to news, to right. the people that are demanding and deserve an answer. And so she had to be just as in this as the rest of them. And I think that at least when I do my cases, I don't always include all of the what I'm going to call tertiary police involved in these things or mm -hmm. law enforcement as a whole. because. There's a lot of fucking people involved with cases like this. It's not three people going out and casing it and deciding it and judge. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a whole system. But. And sometimes the all the names of all of the people can become overwhelming. Yes. I think as a listener to be like, whoa, so who is that? What are we talking about? Yes. Where sometimes you just kind of have to leave it as like law enforcement or investigators or things like that. But the sources will always list them and, and yes. they deserve to be named. But sometimes it can be like whiplash just getting 
thrown all around oh with all gosh. the names you're like who was that again that you need like a family tree so yes i don't always do that but i always feel so deeply for these officers that have to be responsible for answering questions giving out this horrible awful event that happened to someone's entire family entire community and they don't get to have a closer hand in that. They don't get to go out and do the investigating. Mm-hmm. They don't get those firsthand like, okay, where are we now? They just have to share it. And so that to me stuck out about this one. And a lot of my quotes are from her because she was one of the few that did multiple interviews on all of this. Mm-hmm. And obviously because she was a public informant. Most of the things that are said by law enforcement at this time were said by her. So she's like a good name to include here. But obviously this is a tough one to work. And if nothing else, because it was so nonchalant, this wasn't like someone cackling into their little twitching fingers at their evil master plan. Peter Keller had no superiority complex. He had no hatred towards anyone. He just wanted to die, I think. And that's so incredibly sad from a human standpoint and so infuriating from the standpoint of all of the loss that this took. Mm -hmm. Not only did he ruin everything that he and Lynette had worked for, he killed his whole family and his fucking dog to go live out a Boy Scout fantasy. Mm -hmm. My just lead the fucking cub scouts you can teach some kids how to do a square knot it's not that bad okay and then you can go home to your bed and your meds and your therapist that will remind you that there is worthwhile points in living and not hurting the people that you care the most about well it's just it's all sad the police were relatively simultaneously in finding these videos able to locate peter's truck again at that strip mall But what they found out after finding his truck and sort of digging deeper into other parts of Peter's life, he had pulled out sixty-two or $63,000 from his family's bank account just to like stash with him in the bunker. Wow. And in these videos, there weren't many clues. He didn't talk about where he was. He obviously never mentioned the mountain he was on or the trailhead he was at. Like, right. He's not trying to get caught, I don't think. I think he's trying to catalog. But they were able to do some pretty great fucking detective work on this. So in these videos, obviously, there are landmarks around. There's Mm -hmm. one little shot of wherever he's at sort of overlooking a little bit of civilization. I don't know if it's a strip mall. If it is, I don't think it's the one that his car was found at. But okay just sort of a random piece of town there was one telephone wire and that was the only thing they had in terms of where this was in relation to other civilization Mm -hmm. and then there were two streams nearby the camp so the police literally scouted to find out where this strip mall was they used the wire to sort of track his cell phone to see if they could find like pings off of that tower yeah frequently They were able to find places where his car was parked at trailheads often. And then they were able to go between the two sort of like river streams that they found to match up the perspective with the videos. So they found where he was at from that. That's a lot of fucking work. That's a lot of work, but also how scary to be a law enforcement officer or any whoever was tracking him. 
to know that this man is armed mm, and incredibly so and figured out how to construct a bomb that just luckily hadn't gone off in the home right has access to so much flammable stuff i mean and he doesn't care about preserving his own life right so it's really when you when you have somebody who truly feels like they've got nothing to lose that is the most dangerous kind of person yeah because there is no self-preservation measure there's no reason so you uh, you happen upon his bunker if you will yep that can't end well no no what are you gonna do when you find him you think is he be like oh yep sorry about that let me jump on out oh, and you caught me you know what i mean like that's not there's no way that this is the mindset that this man is in no and if that's if he hasn't already harmed himself right and that is best case scenario unfortunately right, right? and not him hurting himself but just like finding him in a space where he's not raging and homicidal yeah but (laughs) but also the flip of that is if he's calmed down then unfortunately he might have realized the extent and the consequences and the harm that he's caused right and feel remorse and of course like deservedly so you should feel remorse for what you've done but then there's that other panic of oh my god what did i do right and then now there's no coming back and then how did i do this and so that's a different wave of helplessness and fear and unpredictability that you've got with somebody who's already proven to be not predictable right and so it's it's terrifying i am so impressed with the way that all of the king county police department handled this just from everything I saw and the way that they went into it, I'm going to say fearlessly because if they were afraid, they did a great job of not showing it. Mm. So they're sort of up in helicopters and looking to see if they can find the camp from above now that they sort of have this location area that they want to search. And what was fucking instrumental to them finding this was the jerry-rigged wood stove. Really? Yes, because... I guess fucking Peter and all of his time out there pondering his fucking homicidal tendencies and Boy Scout fantasies was building a chimney. So the smoke they just didn't, followed the smoke. Yes. The smoke wow. wouldn't fill up his little bunker. Wow. So they just followed the smoke right in there. And of course, they're like, is that bacon? They're like, Damn. Yeah. Yum. <laughs> <laughs> what cut is that? Oh. Um, so. They come down, they surround the place. Obviously, they do the whole, like, come out with your hands up, and they don't hear anything. Mm. So they go down, they sort of surround the place, scout it out, and at first they use a gas bomb. They throw, like, gas around, and that doesn't clear them out. So then they throw gas in the only window that the bunker had. So if you can think with me, like, the view above ground it's sort of like those basement doors that you can pull up and sort of walk down yeah, into. Yeah, like a bulkhead. Yeah. But for him, the only window that he had in that entire place is sort of the side of that door opening. Yeah. So he can like peek out. So and I he think pops up with like a gas mask on. How terrifying. Literally. He Ugh. doesn't come out, but he does have a gas mask and we know that. Ugh. So it didn't fish him out when they put the gas around him. And then again, when they put it directly in the bunker, he doesn't come out. So they surround it. And I do want to say, I don't know the order of events here, but two things happen after this. Mm-hmm. 
obviously, before they do either of these two things, they surround the place, do the whole come out with your hands up. You know, we're here. We don't want to hurt you. Yep, verbal commands. Yes. Now, that doesn't work. And the thing that I don't know the timeline of, I know they hear a pop and I know they throw a grenade. Okay. What has been said in all of the press, and I'm inclined to believe based off of all of Peter's videos and Mm -hmm. actions and seeming state of mind, was that he had always planned to kill himself when Mm -hmm. he got caught. He wanted to take his own life. And he did. I believe the official cause of death was a gunshot that was self-inflicted. Okay. But... I don't know where the grenade falls into that. I do know that they threw one, though. Could it have been a smoke grenade? Could Possible. it have been a, like a gas or something to try to I know it entice wasn't him to get out? With the gas bombs, but it could have been like a smoke or something like that. Something so, he can't breathe in there anymore. So we have, I mean, those are ways that are less lethal that can get somebody out of where they're right. literally hunkered down. I mean, that's <laughs> sort of how it. Yes. So I, I don't know how all of that went, but I do know that Peter took his own life at the end of it. So there was no court justice. There was no justice for the family. Mm. There was nothing. That was kind of the end of Peter Keller. It's and awful. Now, and so on April 28th, 2012, Peter Keller was dead. He took his own life. And unfortunately, without any justice served to him, for the families and the courts all the police had to rest their hats on was the feeling of relief that they couldn't do it to anyone else that he couldn't do it to anyone else cindy west that officer we were talking about earlier said that since he was brazen enough to kill his loving wife daughter and dog there were no hesitations in her mind that he'd do the same thing to someone he didn't know enough Mm -hmm. and All of his videos say the same thing. He'd rather be robbing stores and, you know, running away from people than dealing with them. He wanted to be an off the grid outlaw. Yes. He wanted to be in robbers. (laughs) Yeah. And and then go hide in the woods and count his loot. Yeah. Like it just seems. But that is obviously a man who was struggling. Yeah. And didn't cope well got in his mind made made a master plan and followed it to a t i mean from a from a a plan making and plan execution standpoint he did exactly what he said he was going to do oh yeah yep every single fucking step and his goal was to take his own life if he were to get caught check that box too and he was completely neutral about that yep and flat with no affect that is indicative of somebody who is very depressed, but also not, I mean, he kind of laid out what he was going to do and then he yep. did it. So it, it's just awful. And it's not a surprise. He had his resolve and he, yeah. As we like to do, like I said earlier, we put ourselves in the, the places of the people that we're talking about. And in this particular case, I cannot fathom being his wife or his daughter no because you know one of them was killed first yeah so what was was the the five seconds 10 seconds 30 seconds like between the two and i think if you hear a gunshot in your own home i mean first of all i'd i'd hope that you'd be confused 
Yeah. Because that isn't something that anybody should have to hear. Um, but then you, I think you'd think, who broke in? What happened? Yeah. Is my family okay? And then if you're the daughter and you're scared and you're like, where are my parents? Are they okay? Yeah. And say that you, you go toward them. You try to, you, you know. I want to make sure mom and dad are okay. And your mom is not and it's at the hands of your dad chilling the the final seconds of your life are terrified and confused and scared and angry and a complete panic and there's no words and if it's the other way and your daughter is killed for it first and you are the wife and you've just seen that your husband killed your child yeah i i I don't have words i'm I'm not a mom so i guess i can't i can imagine that that is the person and the one person on this planet that you love more than life yeah who you would have seen be annihilated and executed and it's at the hands of the man you love more than anything that helped make her how do you make sense of that for the mere seconds that you have left on the planet? I have no idea. I, can I can't fathom it. Don't. And I'm going to hope, you know, obviously Peter is dead. And so are both Kayleen and Lynette. So we can't ask them. An entire family wiped out. But it sounded, and he could have placed this, I don't know, but it seemed as though it was. Both of them in their beds. And I know that there was mention of a silencer. I know that'll do some, but I don't know how much it's going to do within the same four walls. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So I can imagine there was some level of cognizance for whoever was second. But I hope it wasn't. I hope it wasn't to the point where they could get up and get out of bed and see what had happened. It's just. And not because. I no, think what I, happened was well. I just think. I it, hope is best case scenario for them to have to process the least amount of this because this is incomprehensible in general, let alone when this is the person, the the partner, the father that you put your trust in, your faith in, your life in. And quite literally, he has no problem taking it away to go play in the woods. And that's not a requirement to go play in the woods. He's just willing to do that so he can leave. So that there's no strings attached anymore. Right. Or it doesn't hurt his reputation or whatever. I don't know. There's no motives noted other than He's worried about money. reputation. Let me tell you. <laughs> I know. This This ain't it, bud. But. Damn. It is a, dev- it's a devastating one. But it's wild that it's maybe one of the first crimes like this that we've ever seen someone's full thought process, process documented like that. Yeah. Where he gets to sit there and mull it over and ruminate and talk about it with a camera. And we see that it's not manic. It's not frenzied. It's not, oh my God, well, this happened and now I have to, I have to cover my tracks somehow. I have to do that. No. So calculated. You know what? I've been feeling kind of icky about it, but no, I think it's the right thing to do. I have That's a hard time imagining Peter saying icky. No, I don't think he did. I think he <laughs> just said, I'm having a hard time with it, but no, it's the right thing to do. And it's awful that you're meant that to be in a mental state where you think this is the solution. Yeah. This was the only answer. It is devastating all around. Now, 
All of this did not come without some benefit. And because you know it's about time for true crime, we're never going to leave you off on the world's worst depressing note. So We try our darndest. (laughs) Something that I think is a positive here is that all of the Keller family that was surviving past this individual unit. So I'm not sure if this was Peter's side of the family or Lynette's or both that came together to do this, but they took all of the estate that was left over. Anything from the house that had value, that whatever the house was worth, and whatever the savings was that Peter took with him to the bunker. I think it was 62000 It could have been 63000 But they did all of this and set up scholarships in honor of Kayleen. And okay. what I love about it is that there was no requirement it wasn't somebody going for video game design it wasn't someone who loved nature it was anyone who quote unquote emulate Kayleen's persona oh and one of the things that I really loved about it was at the end they talk about why they did it and this is the quote that I got because that's what kindness is it's not doing something for someone else because they can't but because you can Oh, yeah. Wow. So, yeah, that was Peter Keller and the vlogging of his familia side. I think I might name this episode Clothed and Confident. I'll be real. (laughs) Oh, no. And if I can. okay. obviously, we here at ATFTC do not make fun of people who don't deserve to be made fun of. But damn it, I'm making fun of him. He holds the camera like every fucking 40 year old dad you've ever met oh my god it's from naval perspective yeah. up every fucking time it's, it's always like under the chin and, and you're like worst, my good god the worst part is uh, and i say this with like respect if he had just filmed himself at a different angle maybe his self-esteem wouldn't have been so bad because i'm sure oh. he would have been fine <laughs> but that is not the angle my man that ain't it yeah, we have to laugh or we're going to cry. Yeah. I, and especially um, in ones like this where I'm like, there's there, there's nothing. There's no breaking point. There's no... No identifiable breaking right. point, right? We don't, we don't have evidence of that. None that we can get point, our hands yeah. on or know about. Point two to say, okay, this... And I'm sure that everybody who worked on this case was searching for that, probably ripping yeah. their hair out, trying to find that. Because how do you make sense of a man who murders his family to go live off the grid? Even though it wasn't even really off the grid. No, he couldn't. Yeah, sir. So all of that to say, um, I hope that wherever he is today, I, I won't make any judgments about where that afterlife goes or takes him. But I hope he has to watch those videos on repeat and see that angle 25-8. I agree. And I hope that they literally just play the audio with that face and they don't show any of like the cool things he did that he was proud of. Yeah, they take out all that stuff and he's just forced to look at himself. Yeah, it's just him and his mouth like with an AI movement being like, anyway, I'm not that sad about it. Like... <laughs> Forrest Gump. <laughs> That's not what I meant. <laughs> not that I don't know of- how to do a <laughs> robot AI voice. Let me live. <laughs> but if you guys wanted to see what we're talking about, who we're talking about, the world's shittiest bunker, Camp Keller, underground, uh, 
too fast and furious. I don't know. You can check that out at our Instagram at about time for true crime pod with periods in between every word. So that is a B O U T period T I M E period F O R period T R U E period C R I M E period P O D because podcast was too long. But babes, if you wanted to look that up and you were like, I can't remember that and you don't speak clearly enough for me to be able to write that into my Instagram bubble. We got you. It's always linked below. Yes. But if you wanted to, well, while you're there, I would definitely recommend checking out the people, places, and things. But we also have resources there for your mental health, friends' mental health, anything that we can do to help. It's always going to be there. But if you wanted to send us something different, your take on this, your thoughts, your dreams, your vlogs, um, (laughs) by all means, send that to our email. But Allie, where would they send that? Oh, also, if you had a day as bad as Abby had this week. Oh, please. Or any other story. Oh, pod pets, you guys. Oh, and pod pod pets, naturally. We have so many pod pets that I'm... I don't know. I'm like hoarding them. And I'm like, I just want it to be like at a time where everyone will get to see them. And I just need to post them. But uh your own true crime stories anything happen yes. near you anything that you know of a family member have a situation i don't know i'm just saying i'm just saying and if you want will allow us to read it i would like to do that but that would be emailed to about time the number four tc at gmail.com so that's a b o u t t i m e numeric four tc at gmail.com and if you can't remember that don't worry because everything's linked below anyway so you guys i hope that you have a much different clothed and confident week (laughs) this week and we cannot wait to see you again next week So if I do look at my watch, that was about about time for true crime. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Rate, review, subscribe, follow. Please. Do all the things. I love you. Bye. Pod pets. (laughs) Okay, bye.